0: up everybody welcome to another episode of Drinks with Drea. I'm your host Miss Drea and I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. Today is Friday April 23rd 2021. You know it has been a crazy week to say the least and one of the biggest revelations that I had this week is the fact that it is April 23rd I always talk about this but it's crazy how time is flying it's like January was like 99 days because I don't know why the hell January feels so long but January feels like the longest month and then all of a sudden it was April 14th and then today I look up it's April 23rd and I don't know how the hell time is playing tricks on me but it's definitely going way too fast 2021 as you guys know, has been off the chain. 2020 was the preview. 2021 is the movie, okay? I don't know why things are going the way that they're going. And I'm speaking from a holistic uh, standpoint at the world. For myself personally, I've been in a bubble. I've been praying a lot. I've been manifesting. I've been trying to create good energy around myself And I've been trying to keep myself in a state of peace. But outside of these here walls, child, it is so much going on. So there are three people who I really want to talk about today. I want to talk about George Floyd. I want to talk about Dante Wright. And I want to talk about Makia Bryant. And I just want to give a fair warning to everyone. The opinions that I have in no way, shape, or form are here to offend, disrespect, belittle, or make light of anything these three people have endured. I'm just speaking to the Drinks With audience to talk about my personal perspective of what is going on in this world as it relates to the three of them. Now, if you have any level of consciousness, race has played as much part of this pandemic as the pandemic itself. From realizing what happened to Breonna Taylor, because we learned about it much later, to realizing what happened to Ahmaud Arbery, uh, not much later, I'm sorry, much earlier, to realizing what happened to Ahmaud Arbery again, that happened much earlier. So we were already last year in that space of, okay, it's a new thing. We're all at home. We're working from home. We're adjusting. It's a pandemic. We want to stay clear of people. We're isolating. And then we're bombarded with with knowledge of what happened to Breonna Taylor. We're bombarded with knowledge of what happened to Ahmaud Aubrey, along with the video. And then on May 20, um, I believe it was May 25th, 2020, we saw a footage of Derek Chauvin with his knee on George Floyd's neck. Now, I remember watching this video for the first time and I remember being completely heartbroken because I don't know, especially in that moment, I didn't know, I know now because I definitely watched the trial But in that moment, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know why they stopped him. I didn't know, you know, if he had been resisting. I didn't know anything. But what I did know was he was begging for his mother. He was apologizing. He asked them and and articulated to them that you're, you know, I cannot breathe. And... For Derek Chauvin to sit on his neck, to kneel, essentially, on his neck for the amount of time that he did, even after it was clear that he was no longer breathing, was completely asinine. So to witness this week when the jury came back with their verdict and read off guilty, guilty, guilty on all three charges... There was a sense of peace, there was a sense of just relief that someone was finally being held accountable out of all the things that have happened to black men and women over the years at the hands of police, finally someone was being held accountable and it felt so good. But before we even got to that point, we heard news that Dante Wright was murdered by police. So I'm pretty sure that if you're listening to this podcast, you got to be aware of what's actively happening in the world, right? Because you got to see the notification. So that means you're on your phone, right? And. Very briefly, Dante Wright was driving around with his girlfriend in the car. Um, whether it was over expired tags or air fresheners in his, um, on his mirror, um, he was pulled over. In the midst of being pulled over for a minor traffic infraction, it was brought to his attention that he had a warrant and that the officers felt the need to arrest him. There was a 26 year training officer who was present at the time, and she was training rookies on the proper protocol in the field. One of the rookies attempted to put handcuffs on Dante Wright, but you could tell that he was not experienced in this process. And I believe Dante Wright felt, felt that he wasn't secure in that process, so he made a decision to attempt to flee the situation. Now, let me say this. Dante Wright was not a criminal. He did not have any violent offenses on his record. And even if he would have gone to, you know, be in detention, it would not have been for a long time. The the accusation against him was very minimal and nothing really would have came of it. He probably would have had to spend some money. But for whatever reason in that moment, Dante Wright felt the need to evade the arrest, which is a very bad thing to do. Let me just say that. And I want to be clear. I'm not saying that the police are always right. I'm not saying that the police are always wrong. But the way it is today, they have a certain level of power. And when we, normal citizens, decide to escape, evade, or get out of the weight of police officers when they want us in their presence, we are putting ourselves at risk of being assaulted or possibly even killed. So as uncomfortable as a police interaction is, as disrespectful and unconstitutional as it is, we still have a responsibility and an obligation to just listen and do is asked. Hopefully this is going to change. Not even hopefully. I'm confident that this is going to change in the future. But this is what it is right now. Our best bet is just to comply, go with whatever it is that they're saying, and try to complain later. But I am in no way faulting Dante Wright for making the choice of evading police custody because he was just 11 miles away from where they lynched George Floyd. Now we're not talking lynched in the traditional sense where they put a noose around his neck, but they they pretty much you know noosed or lynched George Floyd when they made the decision to kneel on his body, specifically on his neck, for over nine minutes and 29 seconds. That was a public lynching. Because there were children, there were elders, there was everybody that was there that day witnessing the life leaving out of a body at the hands of a police officer. Dante Wright was so close to this situation that George Floyd's girlfriend was his teacher in elementary school. I want that to sink in for a moment. So, Dante Wright lives in Minnesota. 11 miles away from just a year ago where they lynched a black man. He's a biracial black man. He's being detained for something silly and now arrested for something he's not aware of. And one thing that people have to remember is, and this is very well documented, the idea of fight or flight. And the idea of fight or flight is just suggesting to us that In critical, high anxiety, stressful situations, our body naturally goes into two modes, fight or flight. Fight is you just get a level of super strength, super power, super confidence, and you go at whatever it is you're facing head on. Flight is where you take off running where you cower, where you don't want to deal with the situation, you're flying away from what you're facing. A lot of us do not control which mode we go into. And it doesn't mean if you went into fight mode in one situation that you'll always go into fight mode. This is just a natural chemical reaction that we have when we're in high anxiety, stressful situations. So rightfully so, Dante Wright went into flight mode, and he wanted to get the hell away from those officers. And he wanted to get to his mother, because he wanted his mother to help him through that situation. In the midst of him, and he didn't violently pull himself away, he just grabbed it and pulled his arms back in front of him. And began to jump in his car and pull away. There was no officers in front of his car. So he was literally no threat to anyone. The training officer, Kim Porter, or Potter, who had 26 years of experience, says and claims that she accidentally grabbed her gun with the intent to grab a taser. Now, to her defense, she did yell out, taser, taser, taser. Now, if you're not familiar with the equipment that police officers use, a uh, gun is black. It's about two and a half pounds filled with bullets. And you have to remove a safety in order to fire it off. Taser is about eight ounces, bright yellow. And it doesn't require as much to shoot it off. One is on, the gun is on your dominant hand. The taser is on your non-dominant hand. While Kim Potter yelled out, taser, 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 she held out in front of her what was clearly a gun, and she fired off one shot. This one shot was fatal. And unfortunately, 20-year-old, father of one, Dante Wright, is no longer with his family. Now, I can say of all the situations that have happened publicly, because a lot of murders have happened. But of all the ones that made it to the frontline news, this is the first time where the mother of the child was white. And I think that's important, especially when we think about the last year and how we talk about allies and accomplices and how many white people have been on the front lines fighting for Black Lives Matter. And this should hit home for a lot of people, even those who weren't at first in support of Black Lives Matter, to know that even with a white mother Just the mere presence of brown or black skin can change the outcome of a police interaction. Now, people like to say, well, police kill white people too. This is true. But when you look at it from a demographic, right, statistics demographic census population, We as black people, specifically black men, are two times more likely to be killed by a police police officer than our white counterparts. That's a problem. We only take up 13% of this population in America, but we take up almost 80% of, and I'm talking black males specifically, 80% of the prison population there has been studies to prove that black people are profiled against to be profiled means that because you're black because you look a certain way i suspect that you have done something and even though i don't have just cause in this moment i'm going to approach you i'm going to get your id i'm going to run your information Because I suspect, for no other reason than who you are and what you look like, that you are a criminal. Goes 1,000% against our constitutional rights. But somehow, in the police departments, they have made this a common practice. Dante Wright did not get pulled over because of expired tags. It's a pandemic. A lot of these offices that distribute license tags are closed or working with limited staff. Police are aware of this. He didn't get pulled over over, you know, having air fresheners in his mirror. He got pulled over because they saw a black young boy in a car. And they wanted to know what he was up to. Even though one of the training officers was black, but that's just the training. He looks suspect because he's obviously a person of color. He's driving a nice car. And we want to know what he's up to. And this woman who is of 26 years in her position, in her um, industry, in her role. She didn't know the difference between a gun and a taser. And because of her failure and her harassment and her profiling, 20-year-old Dante Wright is dead. Regardless if it was an accident or not, she needs to go to jail. Why? Me being a normal citizen, if I pull out a gun and I shoot someone, whether it was on purpose or an accident, I'm going to jail. Those rules and laws should still apply to police officers. So we're all as a nation waiting to hear what this woman will be, what she will be tried with. What we know so far is that she is resigned. She's no longer an active officer. And the current attorney general is exploring video camera and laws and everything they need to explore to figure out exactly what they need to charge her with. And my hope is that she is held accountable for her actions. It's only right. It's only right, accident or no accident. If I accidentally deposited 100000 of my job's dollars into the wrong account, I would be fired. And I might be charged criminally because they may believe that it was intentional. Just like I would be held accountable if I made this mistake, she should too. Now, do I think she's going to go to jail for an extended period of time? No. But regardless, she should never serve as a police officer ever again in life, and she needs to be fully held accountable for her quote-unquote mistakes. Now, dealt with that before we even got to the verdict. Get to the verdict. We're all excited. We're all cheering it on. And before we could even breathe a sigh of relief, here we are once again with news about Miss Makia or Makaya, I don't know the proper pronunciation, but Makia or Makaya Bryant of Columbus, Ohio. If you're not familiar with Makaya Bryant, who's going to stay with Makaya for now? If you're not familiar with Makaya Bryant, um, she is the young 16-year-old girl who was involved in an altercation involving a group of girls. Now, There's a story circulating that allegedly came from a neighbor of theirs who said that Micaiah called 911 crying for help, that a car full of grown women came to her her house wanting to fight her. When the police arrived, this is based on video camera footage, what we see is a group of people standing around. Suddenly you see a girl... Hitting at another girl. I can't tell if she punched her or what happened. But whatever she did led the other girl to go onto the ground. And then there was a male who was about 5'9", five, 5'10", five, who followed up with a kick to that person's head. Resulting in her physically lifting up and moving to another space on the lawn. Then you see the girl that we now know is Micaiah approaching a young girl or lady in pink, in a pink jogging suit. And based on the camera footage and how her hand was placed, it looked as if she was planning to stab this woman. All of this is going down in front of a police officer. The police officer, with 20 seconds on the scene, witnessed the girl being thrown to the ground and kicked in the head and a knife in the hand of what appeared to be the aggressor preparing to stab a young woman in pink. The officer then made the decision to fire off his weapon four times into the back of the young girl who we now know is Micaiah Bryant. Now this is the part where I do not want anyone to feel that I'm insensitive, that I'm suggesting that Micaiah deserves to die, or where I'm not, um, you know, acknowledging the pain that this death has caused to our community. But I have to be honest. I fully acknowledge and recognize that we have a problem in America when it comes to policing. I fully acknowledge and recognize that there's work to be done um, with training, with policy, with procedures, with biases, you know, everything. There's so much work that needs to be done to improve relations between the community and the police. There was a story, like I said, circulating saying that Micaiah called 911 and that these were grown women approaching her home to attack her. Since then, it's now been reported that the two main girls in the the incident, including Micaiah, were foster children at that location. At this point, we're still waiting on official word from investigators to let us know exactly what happened, but... What is being shared widely is what a neighbor has said. Now, for those of us who have grown up in the hood, let me say this. When something goes down, there's always somebody that got their story that they want to tell everybody on the block. Yeah, they came down the block and she shot at her and he did that. They don't know what the hell happened. They just want to be a part of the conversation. So nobody really knows what happened. Columbus police released the 911 call. It was not a cry for help. It was like, uh huh, I'm about to call the police. Yep, I shut. Yeah, y'all need to come. Y'all need. Listen to it for yourself. I-, I can't give it to you verbatim. But it wasn't no, oh my God, please help me. These girls at my house, they're trying to kill me. It was not that. It was just somebody that was being in what was going on and trying to inform the 911 dispatcher at the same time. We don't even know for sure if that was Micaiah. They struggled to get information out, but eventually the 911 dispatcher got it that someone needs to go on the scene. Again, once police have arrived, not one but two cars, it seemed as if, and I people are referencing a video of, of Micaiah being jumped. I have not seen that video, so I want to say that as well. The only videos I've seen so far has been from the ring camera of the neighbor and from the police officers who were on scene. And all of those videos make Makaya look like the aggressor. And a lot of people acknowledge that she could have fatally hurt the person that had the pink jogging suit. But everybody's going off of this narrative. The Micaiah called 911 begging for help. She had been bullied. People came to her house to fight her because we know that's something that happens in our community. And she was defending herself. But let me say this: for her to still respond in that way with police presence, let me let me know that she was in a blackout moment. She was she did not know that cops had arrived. There's no way she would have attacked someone with a knife in her hand knowing that cops were there. Anybody that has ever been in any high-stress fight situation, some people do black out. I personally have blacked out before in the midst of a disagreement or a fight. And what it felt like to me was um, an elevated heart rate. Like I felt like my heart... pumping really fast um just not being conscious or aware of what's happening i have personally experienced that until something happens that snaps you out of it and it could be someone hitting you it could be lights it could be sounds it could be something breaking it up but in that moment your body is responding in a way that you cannot comprehend i've personally experienced that And for her not to react to the fact that police were on the scene and put her knife down lets me know that she was not fully there in that moment. Because I don't believe if she was fully there in that moment, she would have proceeded to attack someone with a knife in her hand, regardless of the reason. From that 20 second clip, I do not think that Micaiah is a bad person. I don't think Micaiah deserved to die. But when we talk about the police officer, we have to be able to be honest in this situation. I think sometimes we think that cops are Avengers and they're not. They don't have the precision of a shot like Deadshot. They're not, you know, martial arts champions where they can take an assailant down or they're not the equalizer. They're just regular men and women who have been authorized and empowered to carry guns and weapons with the duty to protect and serve. And they have a right to hurt, harm, harass, and kill you and evade any type of consequences. That's what being a cop is in America. Not saying it's right. Not saying it's wrong. That's just what it is. And I want us to be able to look at the situation for exactly what the cops saw. He pulled up to what was reported as an issue amongst girls or women. I don't know. It didn't specify they were teenagers or or women. It just said that we need somebody here. There's somebody trying to stab somebody. So he really didn't know what he was really getting himself into. Upon arriving on the scene, he sees a young lady who is physically attacking one girl with a grown man following up. And then you see that same girl approaching another girl with a knife. The girl she approached was actually walking towards police and ready to talk about what was going on. The cop doesn't know the word on the street. The cop has not heard that she was, you know, the victim in that situation. All he can respond to is what is happening in that moment. Which when he pulled up, he saw someone aggressively attack the girl. And go to attack another girl with a knife in her hand. What's shocking to me is because of this story that's circulating, people are trying to justify that the girl in the pink should have lost her life. And I found that to be counterproductive because we're talking about save black women and we're talking about save black lives. You can't say that what she was doing was justified because you believe that the, the woman in the pink came to her home. You don't know the facts. And let's be clear. If the officer had not have responded, people would be mad at him for allowing the young lady to kill or, or seriously harm the woman in the pink jogging suit. I know tensions are high and nobody's trying to hear anything other than put him in jail. He's wrong. Police are bad. Nobody really is trying to hear anything other than that. But I'm a realist and I look at things for what they are. And seeing the video made me take a step back. The video does not make me think that Micaiah is a bad person at all. The video doesn't make me feel like Micaiah deserves to die at all. But it gave me a different perspective in understanding that this was not a black and white situation like what happened to Dante Wright, what happened to Philando Castile, what happened to George Floyd, what happened to Tamir Rice, Eric Garner. It wasn't as black and white. This was complicated because there was literally an imminent danger towards the girl in the pink. Who are we to decide... Who, desire, who 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 deserve to die in that moment? Because even if it was older girls who came to this house to fight this girl, it's a bad decision. It's bad for our community. It's not a good representation, but even they don't deserve to die. So who are we to decide who deserves to die in certain situations? I have to be able to look at it. From the perspective of the police officer. In the George Floyd case, Derek Chauvin should have known better and should have got his ass up. In Dante Wright's case, he should the officer, 26-year veteran, should have known the difference between a gun and a taser. But when I look at this situation with Micaiah Bryant, again, not saying that she was wrong, not saying that she deserved to die. Just saying it's not as clear cut in black and white as people want it to be. It was a complicated situation. I took it upon myself to look up the use of force policy for Columbus, Ohio. And sure enough, officers are authorized to use deadly force against threats of deadly force or when someone is in imminent danger, even though he was not in danger. He was responding to the fact That had he had not done something, it's very possible that Micaiah could have murdered the girl in the pink or seriously injured her. And based on his training, he was well within his right to do so. I'm not saying that that was right. Some people are saying, well, he should have shot her in the arm or the leg. There are countless reports of people who have been shot in limbs and didn't realize they were shot until moments later. So shooting her in her leg or arm would not have stopped her. She would have proceeded with attacking that young girl and what would be, will be. We know that. The reason cops shoot center mass is because it immediately stops the threat. Again, not saying that's right, but that is the reason that they have given to their department and to their employees and to their world and their industry that You have to shoot center mass in order to immediately stop the threat. Shooting someone in the arm is not going to stop them from stabbing someone. They might succumb to that injury moments later, but that initial impact is not going to stop whatever is about to happen. You can look that up for yourself. Do I think police need reform? Absolutely. Do I think they need to change their training? Absolutely. Do I believe they should use rubber bullets instead of metal bullets? Absolutely. Because metal bullets hurt. They will stop you. They will end the threat. but they would And it will leave damage to your body. But you'll be alive. Because if he would have fired four rounds of rubber bullets into Micaiah instead of normal bullets, she would be alive today. She might be held accountable for her actions. But she would be alive which is what she should be i was a child i was a teenager once i've had a situation where i've blacked out before i wasn't in that state of having a weapon and i could have killed someone but i know what that feels like to lose a moment of consciousness and come back i know what that feels like to approach a fight that shouldn't be that deep using weapons Now, thank God I didn't hurt anybody. But just imagine if I had to use the weapon to hurt someone when I was 17 and the police caught up with me. I could have threw my whole life away for something that wasn't even relevant or important. We talk about who failed Micaiah. Her parents failed her. Because she was, she apparently has a mother and father from what I've been seeing. But she was in the custody of foster care. The foster care system failed her. Any adult present in that situation failed her. And yes, the police officer failed her as well. Because they have to take a good look at their policies and their training. And they should work more towards preserving life instead of ending life. It's not as black and white and clear as people want it to be. Doesn't mean she deserved to die. But it's not as black and white as you want it to be. That officer had 20 seconds to respond. A lot of people have suggestions on what he could do. But everybody with a suggestion is not wearing that badge. We need more people who feel like they know the right thing to do. To carry that badge. It is not an easy job. There are cops that lose their lives senselessly to violence just because they're cops. This isn't about people versus the cops. Because let's be real. If somebody broke into my house right now, I'm calling 911. And so will you. So we need people in our society who are willing to put their own life on the line to make us feel safe. But that doesn't mean that those people have a right to treat people of color any different than anybody else. Doesn't mean they have a right to profile. Doesn't mean they have a right to disrespect. Doesn't mean they have a right to treat us as second-class citizens. But their presence is needed in order for us all to feel safe. And we have to be able to be honest. We have to be able to see things from a rational standpoint. And we have to be willing to come to the table if we ever really want to see change. I go on and on, but I'm not going to do that. I've gone on for long enough. I just want to say rest in peace to George Floyd. I wish you were still here. I wish you were able to raise your daughter. I wish that May 25th, 2020 never happened to you. But it did, and your name will forever be known from this moment forward. So I salute you, King. I salute you and may you rest in paradise. Dante Wright, rest in peace. I get it. That was a tough situation and panic is not an unexpected or unreasonable feeling to have when it's you, your girlfriend and three police officers. I don't fault you for trying to get away. I fault the police for not controlling the situation. May you rest in peace. May your handsome young son find peace and solace in knowing that he had a father that was brave. He had a father that loved him. And he has a father that will live in history. Micaiah Bryant. Beautiful girl. Rest in peace. Rest in power. I understand the mold and mindset you were in before your death. I don't believe for one second you're a bad person. I don't believe for one second that your intent was to hurt someone. I believe that whatever traumas you've experienced in your life caused you to not be present in a moment where you needed to be present. And unfortunately, you're no longer with us. No longer the opportunity to create life, to graduate, to be successful. Your life was robbed from you. It's my hope that from your life, people will see things differently, that people will learn from that situation and understand and know what the proper or improper way to handle something. Hopefully, more parents will step up, show up and show out for their children and make sure that they instill the right morals and values because of what happened to you. May you rest in peace. And to my people, whether you upset or you agree with what I'm saying, when it comes specifically to my Kaya Bryant, because I know that that was the most difficult opinion for people who not trying to hear anything. We got work to do. Police officers need reform. Police officers need to be held accountable, not disputing that one bit. But there's a, something in our community that... I think is attributed to hurt people, hurt people. There's this thing in our community where fighting is promoted. Fighting is encouraged at a very young age. When you see fights, people are punching repeatedly in someone's face, stomping them in the face, kicking them in the face. And this is all over nothing. All over nothing. But we praise that behavior in our community Whether you in a, you know, middle middle class or low class or whatever. Working class, however you want to look at it. Fighting is heavily promoted in our community. Not communication, not therapy, not resolving trauma, but defending yourself. We have to stop looking at each other as the enemy. We have to stop promoting violence amongst children. We have to start learning ways to handle conflict without it resulting in someone being hurt. We have to do that for ourselves and for each other. But I've said all I can say about the topic. I thank you guys so much for listening. I hope and pray that I have not offended anyone. I just wanted to give my take on what's happening in the world as it looks this week. I'm heartbroken, I'm sad, but I'm still hopeful because I know that my God is still in control and he's awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening to Drinks with Drea. Thank you so much for going on this journey with me. Thank you so much for adding value to very important conversations and I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. And I will talk to you guys soon. Bye.